So, how are we feeling this week? Hey everybody, it's V's. And Kip. And... Yeah, sorry there was a little bit of a delay between first and second episodes. It's been... Oh, you're just, just getting settled. Yeah, it's been a uh, hectic couple of weeks. Yeah. You know all that stuff we planned all happened in the last, like, two weeks, right? All that stuff. All the stuff. (laughs) Yeah, so, um, yeah, it is, what's today, Wednesday? Mm Mm-hmm. It's Wednesday right now at about 1 p.m. almost, my time. Almost 6 p.m. kids' time. Yeah. And, uh, we thought we'd sit down and, uh, talk about anxiety. A subject near and dear to my heart. Mine as well, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I have some real issues with anxiety. (laughs) So, uh, let's start off with you, though. So, this one, we wanted to start off with general anxiety, so... Let's talk about the things that make you anxious. Well, I initially started thinking I had social anxiety, because it mainly came about in situations where there are lots of people and I didn't understand the norms, but it bloomed into a beautiful, generalized anxiety. Yeah... Everything terrified me all the time. Yeah, that I, mm, that sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm got like a, a low level anxiety constantly throughout the day, and then high peaks at certain things. Yeah, like this morning, you just got like super anxious out of nowhere. Yeah, I'm trying to get my life together, and it makes me anxious. Yeah, I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's... <Oof. laughs> yeah, it's not fun. And... How about you? What about your main main points? Oh god, everything makes me anxious. I don't... Mm-hmm. I think I talked about it last time. I'm agoraphobic, so already, like windows and going outside makes me anxious Mm. rooms that are too large without enough stuff in them make me anxious uh but yeah people make me the most anxious yes it's not even like i wouldn't even call my anxiety general anxiety even though that's what it it technically is Mm. i've like they diagnosed me with like four different kinds uh, yeah. But the first one is just generalized anxiety, and I I personally ascribe it more to people. I'd almost pull this to OCD more than anything, mm-hmm. than actual like just random anxiety because it's irrational. But I. I'm, ter- I'm I'm scared of people 
because I can't control them. Yeah. Like, I can't... That's why I don't... I never got my license, and I never will, and I'll never own a car. Even though I've, I've known how to drive for... Oh my god, I've known how to drive for 17 years. Um, I started driving when I was 11. Oh god, I'm old. So there's more uncontrollable factors. Yeah, if I can't control what I'm doing and what's happening around me, then I don't like it. It's one of the things that I hate about working retail because I have zero control over what is actually like my job. Mm. <laughs> uh, but it's the same reason I can't drive because I can't I can't control whether a person is going to just accidentally cut me off or sideswipe me or not be paying attention and run through a red light and T-bone me or something or rear-end me or something. Like, I can't control other people in that. Yeah. So I get too anxious to do it. And it's the same thing with going outside. I don't honestly think my agoraphobia is related to the fact that like it's just a wide open space it's all of the possibility of things that can happen in that wide open space yeah i get that i can't see i can't see the room if i'm outside i can't see every angle around me mm -hmm. which is why i will always keep my back to something usually mm. like if i possibly can i'll sit i'll sit against a wall or on the couch that's against the wall or something something where even in my peripheral, I can see the entirety of a room. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I, I think my anxiety is more to do with a lack of control than anything else. Mm -hmm. But yeah, anxiety's fun. Like, Oh, it's super fun. There's so many ways it can manifest and so many things it can do to you and make you do and think and feel. Yeah. Because the basic, like, Hollywood panic attack is you're, uh, you're gasping for breath and your eyes are darting around and you're sweating and you're, you can't, you're shaking. And it's like, yeah, I've had those. I've had ones where I'm on the ground, unable to move. But, oh boy, it is also just a paranoia. It is, it is, like, bursting into tears because you're, like, overwhelmed. It's... Yeah, I've like hyperventilated a handful of times, and but mostly my anxiety comes about in me vocally shutting down. I stop thinking prop like functioning, and I just I can appear physically quite normal. I just can't speak, and I take myself away from the situation if I can, or I just burst into tears if I can't <laughs> like. Yeah, I, and I, I, I understand that appear normal thing pretty well in terms of most of my, my mental illness because I work retail and I always have, and I hate talking to people and I hate being around people and I hate everything to do with it, but I'm also very good at it. See, that's the thing that's really, like, damaging to me is I learned how to appear neurotypical in order to survive day-to-day -day life. And because I've learned how to appear normal, I now can't get a diagnosis for certain exactly. things because I'm emu emulating neurotypical behavior 
and I don't know how I act anymore. Like, I don't know what I am because I just, I'm an amalgamation of everyone else in the room. Yeah, I understand that super well. That is me as well. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, anxiety is like, it's such a, f it's such a monster because it can, it can force you to do things and it can stop you from doing anything. Yeah. Like, it can paralyze you completely. Like, even, even the most basic choices. Like, I knew someone who had a panic attack because she couldn't choose what kind of chapstick she wanted. Mm. Like, basic things like that can just yeah. ruin you. And then it's like, the more extreme choices like the more things that are that are like heavier in life like the stuff we've been talking about lately mm. like those things are like I do my best not to show it I've been fucked up <laughs> yeah and like it's it's near crippling and it can be utterly crippling sometimes well, I think if, like, the, the chapstick example, that's more of, like, a, a surface-level anxiety because there's more stuff going on normally, well, like... I, I I also know that this person had pretty, pretty severe anxiety issues. Yeah. It's just, that was just one of the things that's, like, her anxiety came up in, in even something as simple as which one of these four flavors of chapstick would you like yeah it's just like the idea of choice can be overwhelming yeah. choice paralysis it's one of the reasons that a lot of people don't like open world video games because yeah. like and even neurotypical people they'll they'll start like a skyrim or a fallout 4 or something well not fallout 4 it's way more focused than that but like mm. fallout new vegas or something new vegas starts and it's like oh hey you got shot in the head go find the person if you want to i guess i mean sure whatever <laughs> Morrowind is hey you're you're okay you're off your prison boat um here's a package for a dude he lives over in this town um yeah bye mm. and then you could just never do that and spend hundreds of hours playing that game doing a billion other things and I know a lot of people who start that game and go uh oh oh no yeah, I th I th um, there's a game which I absolutely fell in love with, and it's um, Seasons After Fall. Mm -hmm. And it was gorgeous, and it had everything I loved, like, in a stylistic view, but there was no choice. And n no... Um, it, it gave you no help in progression, you just had to find your way. Yeah, didn't and you get, like, completely, that was... like, frozen in that game? Yeah, I just, it was terrifying because it, you had a vague idea of what you needed to do, like you needed to find these things, but I just couldn't because it gave you no pointers and that was petrifying. Yeah. And it was this, it's this sweet little game where you're playing a little fox and it was terrifying because I had no, I didn't know what I was doing. So that's like the reverse of that, I guess. Yeah, yeah, there's like, 
And it's, it's super weird because these things... <sighs> a lot of neurotypical people, or people who... And, and a lot of neurotypical people who don't interact with with mentally ill people on a regular basis or have never interacted with mentally ill people don't understand that not everyone reacts the same yeah because it's... I personally love the freedom in an open world game where it just goes, okay, do you. <laughs> but I also understand how that could completely destroy a person when they start that game up. Yeah. Actually, a very topical uh, thing that relates to video games and to anxiety and stress and everything else. A game mm. just came out. It's called Hellblade Sacrifice of Sasuna, I believe. Sasuna's Sacrifice? Something like that. I've been following the game when they first announced it years and years ago. It's got some really amazing motion capture. Um, and it's about a mentally ill woman. Uh, I don't know... I, I know that she here, she has auditory hallucinations and visual hallucinations. Mm. Uh, she has PTSD severely and some other stuff, but I'm not sure exactly what... I know they had, like, an entire team of people, of, like, people from a university helping with, like, the portrayal of mental illness in it. Uh, and it's also, like, a... She's, like, a tribal... I don't know where from. I think it's a fantasy place, but, like, it's back when you'd think that, like, oh, no, you're possessed by a demon. Or mm. you're, like, bad spirits, or you're cursed or something. Yeah. So... Uh, it's a, it's like a character action game with some pretty heavy story in it. And before the game was released, they didn't say that there was a permadeath mechanic in the game. Where in certain situations, if you die enough times in certain ways, in certain places, the game just deletes your save file. Oh. And then, like, as the tutorial is wrapping up, it tells you this. That if you die too many times, you die permanently. Mm. And a lot of people were not happy about that because they bought the game not knowing that it was in there. And I understand that. Now, I like the thought of that mechanic, but it also means I will never play that game. Because <laughs> just thinking about that... And, and I understand that like it's part of their design for you to be as stressed as she is, knowing that hey, if I die two more times in this fight or whatever, that's it. That's me gone. I have to restart this game. And that's extremely stressful. And just thinking about that, like, not even in a recording sense, but just in a me playing a video game to relax sense, that is not anything I want. No. And that added stress is is something that they want for the game and I understand that and that's good and I'm glad that they did what they wanted to do with it and I'm sure lots of people will get enjoyment from that actually Olivia uh, Olivia White um, really awesome game dev uh, played a mm -hmm. one of her games on the channel uh, she has talked about like she was talking about that this morning when I first woke up she's talking about how like cool the mechanic is and stuff and I'm like that's really cool I will never play that game because just thinking about it gives me really like my chest tightens up thinking about it yeah and 
And that is, like, I guess them that brings me back to not everyone's anxiety is the same. Like, not everyone's mental illness is the same. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't understand that. Like... No, it's not cookie-cutter. No. It's... Everyone's gonna experience it differently, and sometimes I experience it differently day-to-day. Yeah. Some days, some things will not fuck with me, and some days that same thing will have me crying in a corner. Pretty much. It's... It's just a thing. And it sucks, but... I don't know. Yeah, I have, um... It wasn't diagnosed by a mental health professional, but it was diagnosed by a doctor. I have um, chronic anxiety, so it's basically a chronic fear constantly. Yeah. And so there aren't particular triggers, it's just an ongoing, this is what it's going to be like. Yeah, I've we've talked about your just gnawing fear of existence. Yeah, it's, it's, that's it, it's the fear of existence. Yeah, and that's that's just something that like some people have and others don't and that is one of the billion forms of anxiety <laughs> like uh, we started wrote, writing down like different things under the categories so like under mm-hmm. the anxiety category we have school and work uh, social general irrational and OCD and I don't know if I'd 100% put OCD under there but also as somebody who has some OCD tendencies and things that, like, I don't know if, if you've noticed any of my tics, but I have a few. Uh, <laughs> but I, um, I would put a lot of that under. I would put a lot of my OCD as anxiety. Um, yeah, I don't think I have any OCD tendencies, so I couldn't talk from personal experience on that. Yeah. A lot of mine fall under what I would call, like, at least anxiety triggers. Because if I can't, like, if I lose a file on my computer, I will be distraught for days. Mm-hmm. But also, my computer is not organized. <laughs> um, and it's, it's, it's like when I used to clean my room when I was a little kid. It's like, I don't... I'm not going to clean this. I know where everything is. Why would I change it? Yeah, like, recently I decided to reorganize all my books. Oh, yeah, that was fun. And it took me all night, and I thought I would organize them by genre, because that would be so much easier for me to find my books. So I reorganized them, and then suddenly I realized my books aren't where they're supposed to be. Yep. Like, nothing's in the right place, and I was like horrified that I didn't I knew where my books would be in categories and I knew where the categories were but they weren't where they should be yeah so I basically had to relearn everything and it was very upsetting yeah I understand that. oh you've seen my steam library mm-hmm. my like meticulously ca- like curated steam library and if there's a game that has a double I immediately have to hide the double and oh, oh, my Steam library is bad. 
all of my games have to be put have to be installed in the same folder. They cannot be installed in multiple places, so every client I have installs to the Steam folder. <coughs> it's yeah, I my damn tendencies are weird because they don't make any sense and they don't even play nice together. And that's something else that like people don't understand, especially about anxiety. It does not have to be internally consistent. Oh, nothing is... No, absolutely not. Like, there does not... The system in my head for which I will die if I go outside right now does not have to be consistent with the world. Like... And it's not rational. No, not at all. Never rational. Like... Um... No, go on. No, carry on you, sorry. Uh, I was I was just gonna say, um, Pat from the Super Best Friends, he has quite a few mental health issues, and he's pretty open about them. Mm-hmm. And I was re-listening to one of the podcasts during the Depression era, uh, aka <laughs> earlier this year when Liam left and Matt was on hiatus, uh, <laughs> where Pat. Like, at one point... Like, Pat is a massive germaphobe. Mm. Like, he he tells a story... Well, his, his girlfriend tells the story about the first time she came over. She did the dishes while he used the restroom. Because there's only a couple of dishes in this thing. She thought, oh, I'll be just be nice and I'll do the dishes for him. And when he came out... And he, he was like, what, what happened to the dishes? <laughs> and then... She told him, oh, I, I, I washed them for you. He goes, what, what did you do? How, how are they already dry? And she goes, oh, they're air drying right now. He goes, that's how you die. <laughs> and because, like, he, for him, if you let an, a dish dry in the air, you get mold on it. That gives you, like, an incurable fatal disease if you eat off that plate and you die. Mm. And, but he, this is the same person who during the podcast had his feet on the table, then moved his feet from the table, and the next week was eating not like Doritos off of the table right where his feet had been. Mm. And had zero issue with that. <laughs> and Wooly is trying to find some consistency here. And cannot, and Pat even says, don't, don't try to find consistency. There is no consistency. I don't care. I will freak out if I have, like, one thing, like, one speck on one of the dishes. I will have to wash every dish in my house, but I will leave two bags of trash next to my door, next to my door going outside because I'm too lazy to walk down to the curb. Yeah. And, like, there's, and that is a perfect example of, like, just just the weird internal inconsistencies for especially anxiety because i have like massive fears of things that make no sense and contradict each other i can't stand being alone and i'm terrified of it but at the same time i hate when people are around yep like there are there are exceptions like you and a couple other people i know that like I could easily spend every moment of my life with them but generally if I could be 
like without people, I would be happy. But at the same time, I would be terrified. Yeah, like I talk very seriously when I want to be a hermit and I want to just live somewhere completely isolated where there are no people and I would never have to talk to anyone. But I would be ter terrified. I'm so scared when I'm on my own, but I'm that's the only time when I'm calm is when there is no people about. Yeah, it's... Like, that doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. And, and like, I'm terrified when I'm alone, but I also am terrified when people are around. So it's just... There's, there's no consistency there, and it sucks. Yeah, like, I can hear a noise, and I don't like that noise, so it sets off an anxiety attack. Like, it's... It's tough living with that all the time because I n know it's not going to stop. Yeah, it's it's weird. Um, it, oh god. I, okay, so I'm going to tell a, a story here about the when I first got diagnosed with, like, anxiety and stuff. When I first started seeing a doctor in uh, 2007, 2008? 2008, I think? Yeah, it was 2008. Um, I started seeing a doctor because at that point, I was a barely functioning husk of a human. <laughs> and I had started going to work and coming home, shutting completely down mentally. Like, I was absent mm -hmm. and I ended up like severely severely depressed and constantly afraid of everything mm -hmm. so I went I finally went to a doctor because I started having a massive irrational fear that Clouds would turn into giant ice blocks like in Mario and fall and crush me. Mm -hmm. Which prevented me from like leaving my house. I ended up missing a ton of work at the time and I was in the middle of like trying to get my GED and stuff and doing all of these things where my life was starting to get better and then I just shut the fuck down. Mm and couldn't function at all and ended up um like severely like needing like i should have been probably admitted um i was definitely not safe for myself mm. I, I wasn't dangerous to anybody around me but uh, I don't know. It, it, it was really bad. But I started seeing a therapist and started going over this kind of stuff with her. And it was kind of eye-opening that those kind of irrational fears are super common. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe not the the sky is literally falling thing. but well, not that specific. But... Yeah, but like having a a like super hyper irrational fear 
that um, that something terrible will happen to you that is not even close to possible within like the realm of of the world yeah but like oh god I remember I, I was it was the same time it was when I had started going to therapy and I was still living at that place and I was walking to the store and I walked back did I tell this last time where I almost got hit by a car Uh, it was the winter and a car hit a patch of ice and missed me by about six inches like and they they were going too they were probably going about 40 or 50 Uh and they they like when they hit they almost hit me they like smashed a bag of groceries that I had and stuff and I had been texting a former friend of mine and had stopped maybe for maybe two seconds to make sure a text had sent. And I became obsessed with the fact that if I had not sent that text message, I would have been directly in the path of that car. Mm. And I became extremely paranoid of, and I think that's where my fear of like, controlling other people came from because that was something that I had no control over like and I was already like incredibly mentally and emotionally vulnerable at the time because I was I was going to therapy and dealing with my already pretty terrible anxiety and something like that and I became obsessed with like the actions of that night and what led to me not dying and that was the same time that I kind of lost a lot of things in my life and things kind of got a lot worse for me from there and I yeah I think that might be the pinpoint of me having a lot of my anxiety issues really start to take root and why huh I didn't really think about that until just now when I was telling that story. <laughs> yeah, so that makes sense. Yeah, that, uh... Huh. <laughs> well, I got some exciting news that I'm starting a, a therapy course next week. Yeah. I'm uh, Therapy sessions, I'm not doing a course to be a therapist. And it's, if anyone's from the UK, it's through Outlook Southwest. So I've heard very mixed reviews, but it's the only NHS therapy system, so I gotta go for it. Yeah. And I've recently been to two other therapists, one I just didn't get along with, and just didn't work out so i'm hoping this one will be better they were a bad therapist they were just a bad therapist but they were in training so let them yeah. off, i guess but it, it was more i was leading the conversation and i had to prompt them and it just didn't feel very professional no that's that's the sign of a not good therapist yeah so i was like because the last time I saw a therapist, which was a couple years ago when I was at college, and 
I basically, on the first session, I just told them everything that was wrong. Everything, like depression, I was trans, anxiety, um, struggling at school, and I was just going through this whole list of things which was going on. And then at the end she was like, wow, no one's ever been so concise and gone through everything. So, and that felt really good when she said that, because I just kind of told her everything and at first, and then we unpacked it later on. That's and, a good way of doing things. And I, I felt really good when I did it. And that's what I did to this poor training therapist. So I told her everything, and she was basically like, holy shit, <laughs> that's a lot to deal with. Yeah, didn't she say you're you're gonna be a handful or something like that? Yeah. That's that's the thing that I was like, mm, maybe you go fuck yourself. Yeah, and it's it's I've made a therapist cry once when I told them my heart wrenching origin story. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, heart wrenching origin stories are always the sign of a good hero, though. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Super. Um, <laughs> oh yeah no anxiety's fucking weird and can hit in every si like like just anxiety i still wake up thinking that i have an assignment due mm, yeah i haven't been in i haven't been in school in a decade <laughs> i can get anxious thinking i should be revising right now i should be revising for my exams and i've been out of college for like two years now yeah, oh no, I've, I've been out of school for 10, and I still, like, it's literally the 10-year uh, reunion this year. Um, and it's still something that I'm like, I, the other day, I woke up in the middle of the night. I'd gone to sleep. I woke up at maybe 3 a.m. your time, mm -hmm. thinking, oh shit, I didn't finish that assignment. And then went, what the fuck am I talking about? <laughs> and went back to bed but that still happens and that also happens for work oh god oh mm -hmm. no okay I have to ramble I'm sorry something just popped into my head from a long Go time on. ago so one of my f well not one of my my first uh, not under the table job <laughs> was McDonald's mm -hmm. and I ended up having nightmares about McDonald's and was sleepwalking and like generally could not like get rest because it, it, like during the winter at this point we had the heater on because you know you put heat on when it gets negative 30 outside um and we would end up having I, I apparently I was sleepwalking at this point and I had pushed my arm into the like against the vent um. and in my dream I still remember this vividly because I got woken up during it and I remember the fucking dream I was having in my mind I was trying to get because at McDonald's, you put the hamburgers on the grill, you you take them back off, you put them all into a uh, like a yellow heat tray that goes into a warmer. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, the hamburgers had like 
gotten pushed too far back, so I was trying to get my hand into the warmer to get them out. Mm. And I was burning myself. And this is something that I had done at work multiple times. <laughs> like, this yeah. wasn't new. So in my dream, I was just doing something that I did at work. It didn't seem like out of place or out of the ordinary. And so I got woken up and I, I honest to God, did not know what was reality and what wasn't for a good couple hours. Yeah. Because it was, it was one of those dreams that it's just like super, super innocuous. And I didn't know if I was awake or dreaming still, or if I was going to wake up again, or if I was, like, day napping at work or something. Like, it was super weird. And I started having, like, really bad panic attacks thinking about that job and have it, thinking about when my shifts were. And that was where m my brain started thinking of life in terms of time between shifts. Cause like you you you've you've heard me talk about the fact that it's like oh I have like twelve hours before I have to sleep because I have you know seventeen hours before my shift or whatever. Yeah, you categorize like what you're gonna do like sleep, work, home. Yeah, and that's where I started doing that because it's the only thing that like prevents like massive anxiety over my time. Hmm. And even then, I still have, like, really bad anxiety when I try to sleep, which is why I take sleeping pills. Yeah. Ugh. It's just a... Anxiety sucks. <laughs> yeah. Anxiety's bad, and it's bad to deal with, and it's bad for you. I was gonna go into my night episodes then, but I don't know if that's anxiety, or even that is. Um, I... I don't, I would put that as anxiety. I mean, you have really bad panic attacks, but you also, like, fall into really bad depression spirals, too. Yeah, I think it's more depression. But I might as well, I brought it up now. So, um, like, I, pretty much every night, it's been a little better recently, would you say? Uh, um, yeah, well, you've also been go to, trying to go to bed at a decent time. That would help. And but you also don't have to go into that hellscape of a work. Yeah, but there's other problems <laughs> surrounding that, no. Um, yeah, every night about 10ish onwards, I just get into this deep depression cycle, and it just gets worse and worse, and I depersonalize, and I don't understand what's going on. And it's getting really bad, which is definitely why I need to see a therapist as soon as, to be honest. Yeah, it hasn't been as bad the last few days. No, I think leaving my previous job helped a lot. I think that was... That was definitely a large portion of it. Yes. That job was bad. That job was, was just bad. It was a bad job. And it was bad because... It was bad because of, like, specifically one co-worker who is now not there. Yeah, I was being quite severely bullied at work. I wouldn't even call like, that bullying, I'd call that abuse. Like, yeah. it was bad, and nobody did anything. And I'm, I was in the social care sector, so you kind of think that people would 
cool that shit out, but... No, nobody cares. No one cares. <sighs> yeah, so that was a big cause of anxiety over the last year. It was going into work. I would feel disgustingly sick in the mornings, thinking about it, having panic attacks on the train. Like, it just wasn't pleasant. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that. I... I always have my panic attacks right before bed. Yeah. Which is why I take a sleeping pill. I need to get me some of those. Oh, I'll see if I can get you some. <laughs> I don't know if they'll let me on the plane with them. Oh, I'm not having yours. I just find something that's here. They're not prescription. <laughs> They're over the counter. They're just Unisom. Unisom sleeping gels. Nighttime sleep aid. 40 soft gels. One soft gel per dose. This is Spoons and Spell Slots sponsored by Unisom. I wish. Okay. Oh. No. Give me you, that heart. Do you know how hard I would shill if we got a sponsor? <laughs> if I ever got a sponsor on any of the shit that we do, I would shill like I've never shilled before. You gotta hear Gabby's sponsor voice. <laughs> oh god, I still actually have to record the sponsors for uh, for Revs. For RR. Oh, okay. The the fake the fake sponsors that <laughs> yeah, we yeah I was like we up? have sponsors. <laughs> oh god, I wish, I fucking wish. Hey, Audible, hit us up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, I honestly, I that even the thought of that gives me massive anxiety. What? <laughs> the thought of having sponsors and having to do an ad read and fucking it up. Yeah, but you're really good at that. No, I stutter all the time when I read out loud. You know that. Well, then you can do another take. Yeah, I would have to stitch it together from like a billion takes. Oh, oh no, I'm just like, I'm getting ang anxious thinking about that. Want a good night's sleep? <laughs> have a Casper mattress and feel no anxiety. <laughs> God, we're not on the best friends. <laughs> Fucking... <laughs> Oh my god, I the they do an ad for uh for Harry's. Mm, no. The the No, shaver? Dollar Shave Club, Dollar Shave Club. Uh and they talk about uh Dr. Carver's shave butter. Oh. Dr. Carver's shave butter. Oh dear. Uh, it's it's a whole thing. It's all their favorite parts because what the fuck is shave butter? Butter. But yeah, uh, that's. Yeah, hang, oh god, now I'm anxious. <laughs> I'm anxious when we record a podcast about anxiety. We're gonna have a genuine panic attack on our hands. <laughs> yeah, um, you're not even not even wrong. Um, uh, it's okay. But yeah, uh, we did get a couple questions. Oh, well. If you wanted to go over those. Absolutely. So if you want to send us questions, you can send us questions at uh, contact at recurringvs.com. Actually, didn't I make spoons at recurringvs.com too? I think I, I specifically made spoons at recurringvs.com. Let me see. Uh, I also, I'm not going to lie, I've been kind of laying on my back on the floor the whole time we've been recording. <laughs> uh, let's see, email. 
I'm gonna check this. I also need to pay some of these. Um, yeah, we have spoons at recurringvs.com. So you could send emails there. You could also, or send questions there. You can also go to curiouscat.me slash recurringvs and send questions there. Uh, so we have that set up and we have two quest questions from Curious Cat, actually. Uh, the first one is, did you and Kit have any run-ins with mental health before you two had your own issues? I never knew anyone who had mental health issues until after I was like, diagnosed. So, this is hard for me to answer because, like, I was in therapy when I was super young. Mm. For, like, depression and, like, anger issues and stuff. So... I think I was like nine or ten when I was like diagnosed and I was on ADD medication and a bunch of other stuff. So I maybe, but I was too young to really recognize it. Yeah. What about you? Well, I started exhibiting mental health symptoms probably about twelve, thirteen. But I didn't recognize it that I had any issues till about maybe fifteen. That's when I started realizing that something's really wrong. And I, I was aware of mental health problems, and I've had friends who, who went through it a bit earlier than me and a bit more severely in some bits, but it was, it was never something expressly talked about. Like, I didn't really know anyone that I could say, yes, I know that this person's depressed and I can talk to them about it. Yeah. So... I don't know, apart from like that kind of situation at school when some people self-harmed and some people exhibited depression and anxiety, I didn't really have anyone else that I could talk to about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. I. It's hard to figure out what is happening and what isn't. Mm. Especially when you're way younger, and it it seems like both of us had issues fairly early. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a really hard question to answer. I probably did, but I wasn't old enough to really recognize anything. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And our other question is... What are some of your tips for Lone Spoon days where you still have to go get stuff like work done? Oh, okay. Well, have, have we, we talked over what spoons were in the last one, didn't we? Yep. Okay, so on low spoon stay, which is pretty much most of the time at the minute, I'm very, very low on spoons constantly. And when I get low on spoons, I just stop doing things, which isn't the right thing to do. Or... Maybe it is. I just get, I have no energy and I can't function or do anything and I just barely want to get out of bed. And I just kind of stop. So my tips would be to know your limits and planning ahead for that day. So, and making your situation as comfortable as possible. So if you know you're not going to get out of bed that day, you make your bed as comfortable as possible, you brush the crumbs off, you 
put the blankets around you and you just try and take care of what you've got, basically. And this is also another bad question for me because I am the exact opposite. Like, I I drain my spoons doing stuff I don't want to do and then, like, like, like I said last week, or last episode, I... I feel better after recording. Mm. Like, I feel better after I do something. So if I'm low on spoons, I go and I I do something, and I will feel better afterwards. So yeah. I'm, I'm the opposite here to where my low spoon days are, okay, I have the day off. Like, some days, I, I, I didn't record a couple days last week because I was just too tired and... I, I, it wasn't even spoons. It was just I, I was fucking sleepy. Um, <laughs> like, I, 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 like there's a difference between like a low spoon time and yeah. just being like some days my unisom doesn't wear off until like 4 p.m. and I'm like oh, I just want to go uh, fucking go to bed. And some days it's like I cannot speak. I cannot do anything. I don't want to do anything, but I, but I do want to sit down in front of my computer with my microphone and a video game, and I want to talk. And there's actually a really good picture of an introvert and an extrovert. Uh, it was a little gift set that I saw on Twitter. I think I retweeted it a couple days ago, and it was mm-hmm. like it was uh, an introvert talking in a group at a party, and their HP slowly going down Mm. and then them in front of their computer by themselves like wrapped in a blanket and their HP going back up and an extrovert at at their desk in front of their computer with no one around and their HP dropping and them in a party with somebody and their HP going back up Mm, I like that And, and I I'm like that in terms of I don't like being around people, but I can talk into this microphone and feel like I'm with people, mm-hmm. and that's enough for my brain to go, okay, we're with people, yeah. and so we're going to recharge. <laughs> so I get my spoons back from doing something like that, but that doesn't work for everybody. That probably doesn't work for many people. So no. my answer is not great. Kits is far better in that. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that if if you are if you have to get something done that day, prepare. Like if 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 you wake up and you're like, I fucking cannot function, but I have an appointment that I cannot miss, and I have to be there. Prepare for later that day after that appointment where you have o- you have overspent yourself and you are going to be in the negative and you just be prepared to get back into your bed and not move until you feel like you're able to. Yeah, I actually um, retweeted something a couple of days ago and it was self-care for when you hit rock bottom. Mm-hmm. Which, which I've been on for about a, a couple months now, like in the... And I 
it, it says about like um, just making sure you brush your teeth so that you don't physically rot when you're emotionally rotting. And yeah, stuff like that. Like if you have wet wipes by your bed so you can wash your face. And if you need to take, if you can't physically go to school or work, you allow yourself to take that one day, or two if it's bad, but after that second day, you have to go back. Like, yeah. you, you can give yourself time, but you have to, you have to catch up again, which is scary and horrible. But the real world is really bad and it sucks. <sighs> it's it's hard. Yeah, it's it's not built for um, neurodiverse people and we're all just kind of coping. Yeah. But yeah, so that's one episode on anxiety. Ooh. There will be more. <laughs> yeah, we've got a lot of more topics to talk about. Oh, like, we're going to yeah. go into more specifics, I think. Definitely. And then we can move on to another topic of mental health. Yeah. Definitely. There's a couple more things that we definitely have to talk about that'll fill another hour or so. Mm -hmm. uh, we got stuff to say. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, if you have uh, any questions for us, curiouscat.me slash recurringvs, spoons at recurringvs.com. Uh, I'm repeatedvs on Twitter. And I am at whereas underscore Bilbo on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, we're at uh, recurringvs.com, uh, youtube.com slash... They changed the fucking URL slug now. And I don't know if it's user or channel now. Oh, okay. So they changed it, and I can't remember what they changed it to. So it's either youtube.com slash channel slash recurringvs or slash user slash recurringvs. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, there's a fucking link in the description somewhere. Or <laughs> if, if you're on YouTube listening to this, then that doesn't matter to you. Um, you're already here. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and if you like what we do and would like to support us, uh, patreon.com slash recurringvs or ko-fi, uh, I believe, dot com slash recurringvs. Uh, paypal.me uh, slash recurringvs. Uh, fucking what else? Um, yeah, those are the three. Or if you want to just like, if you don't have money but still want to support us, uh, just share stuff with people. That really does help. Yeah, just retweet the link to this, and it would mean a whole bunch. Yeah. Uh, also, we are finally on iTunes and Google, so Yay. you can actually find us on those places. Um, and apparently the iTunes thing is like... Every podcast I listen to says, hey, go rate us on iTunes because it actually helps people find it. So, hey, if you like our stuff, rate us on iTunes. I, I'm not going to tell you what to rate it. You rate it what you think it deserves. So, yeah. Anyway, um, I'll get email notifications for reviews, I think. So if you write something there, I will see it and be able to reply. Um, I don't know how <laughs> iTunes works. I don't use Apple products. Uh, 
you actually have way more experience. Oh, I had an iPod once. (laughs) I, I, I've already filtered all of our messages. Don't worry. You'll never see any bad ones. Um, (laughs) Tell us your bad stuff. (laughs) Tell us your darkest secrets. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you have any questions, comments, just want to like, give us a topic, just contact us through any of the places here. And, uh, yeah, have a nice night, everybody. See you guys.